The rich have always made the rules. Rules about tax savings, social security, required minimum distributions, financial do's and don'ts. But they don't tell you what those rules are. Because if you knew the rules, you could take advantage of them like the wealthy do. Where do you go to learn about these rules? And how do you take advantage of them for your benefit? Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. That's Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about Hey, thanks for staying with me. Talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. Hey, listen, I want to touch base on a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> did you guys happen to see Joe Biden holding the hand of Michigan, Michigan Governor uh, Whitmer? I think he thought it was his wife. So I don't want you to think that he's some creepy old man. I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Uh, well, maybe it is. But I, I do think that he actually thought it was his wife, so. Got to give him a little bit of slack, right? Every time you turn around, you think, wait, isn't that you, Martha? Where's that? So who knows what's going to happen? I I feel bad for the guy. I think you guys, uh, both of us, you, me, all of us involved in in the world, there's definitely a level of compassion. His wife is uh, the most evil uh, public person that we have seen in a very long time. In other words, she knows that he's incompetent. She knows that he's a gentleman. Uh, or at least a man who has run its course and should not be seen in public. You know, isn't it interesting? Nancy Reagan was very, uh, very careful to keep Ronald Reagan out of the public eye when he was slipping with Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, rather, because his uh, his issue was Alzheimer's. She was very careful to keep him out of the public eye for lots of reasons. She understood history. She understood the the television world and the media world and the video world that this was going to last forever and that would be the images that were thought of when people saw or heard of Ronald Reagan his uh, deficiencies right his memory deficiencies would have come up and it's just the opposite with Jill Biden Jill Biden has made a decision to continue to put him out front for the fame fortune and really the power because of the level of corruption that, that the Biden family has with China and with other countries, you would expect there to be some fear of being exposed. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's not a secret. So I, I want you to, to certainly, for the man, have some compassion. For the woman, Jill Biden, have outright disdain. Uh, and for the president of the United States, I think a depth of sadness, because our adversaries see this. Uh, and it's almost like we're on a truck that's that's going, uh, you know, full speed over the cliff, and there's nothing you can do about it because you're sitting in the back. It's a very sad day. So, world leaders, just like the the CIA has uh, and the NSA, they have teams of people that monitor the personalities of world leaders. Is so and so sick? Why has Fidel Castro been out of? Uh, the public eye for a while is Hugo Chavez having problems, right? Is somebody sick? Is somebody dead? You know, you understand that, right? Mental issues, family issues, they, they exploit everything. Well, Russia and China, they have the same thing. There isn't any difference. I mean, you understand, right? That they, 
they have a team of people that know exactly what they can get away with when it comes to President Biden. Exactly. And his his depth of of inadequate leadership. So, all right, I'm going to continue with a couple things here. We see across the country companies, CEOs with their mouths will say one thing and with their actions will do something else. For example, Rite Aid, Starbucks, uh, Walgreens, countless stores where their CEOs will say woke things, well, they'll allow uh, men to use the women's restrooms, well, they will uh, really disrespect a, a woman down to exactly who she is by making her have to dress in a dressing room with the man, Kohl's department store, if I might, Target. But then when it comes to closing the stores, because profit, right? Because they're greedy son of a gun, all they want is the profit. Starbucks closes store over safety concerns in a crime-ridden city. Oh my gosh. Another Starbucks location will join 16 other stores that were closed in recent weeks due to crime and safety. Uh, this operation has been in effect for nine years, the, this particular store. Nine years in New Orleans, they've had this store. Hey, sorry, we're closing it. Okay, in the amount of stores that Starbucks has, nine uh, stores or 12 stores, uh, rather, 16 stores, that they're closing, it doesn't change. It's not the economics that change it. But as they start changing their stores, they're doing it for the reasons of crime and bail enhancements, uh, the, the lack of bail for, for crimes, property crimes. Right? You can't sit in a Starbucks with your purse and your computer and your cell phone and do work and drink your latte. You can't do that because somebody comes in and they steal your stuff and nobody does anything about it and they run out the door. What are you going to do? Right? They, they set this up properly. They steal your phone and run, so you chase them, and then the other guy comes behind him and takes your purse and your computer right off the table. Because meanwhile, you're chasing the phone, and then that guy drops the phone two blocks away, and you think you have a win, and yet your purse and the laptop, the most important things, the reason that the bad guys were there to begin with, up oh, there they go. So a lot of you don't realize that the scenario of these stores closing, it's an example of the failed leadership of what these stores say. So where should you be spending your money? I don't spend my money at Cole's department store anymore. You can choose to go there if you want, but the way that they outright disrespected Mike Lindell and MyPillow, even though they were selling them like crazy, the way that they disrespected conservatives and saying that, that uh, you know they're crazy, and I'm only using nice words. I just thought that that's not acceptable. Amazon. Oh, Amazon closes, abandons, or stops uh, the uh, the initial development, in other words, ceases development on dozens of warehouses across the country. Wait, weren't they the woke one with the Washington Post? Jeff Bezos, you know, pet project of a decade now his newspaper promoting woke agenda. Wait a second. Why are you doing this? Safety concerns, economic concerns. You see, they want to create a problem for you, but I have friends that work these guys' personal security details, right? Because you understand, I did almost 11 years with the LAPD, Los Angeles Police Department. That's a big deal. 
right? If you go, oh, I'm a retired Los Angeles policeman. I did 30 years in a homicide, 30 years in SWAT, whatever these guys did, they write their ticket to Disney, to uh, CBS, NBC, ABC. They, they write their ticket as far as security, personal security for Jeff Bezos, his team, the security guards, the, the team of security people that represent that level of, of money. But, by the way, security that you would never be able to afford. Right? Law enforcement was created. The police departments are created to protect the bad guy. No, no, you didn't hear me wrong. They are. It's very simply because the vigilantism that would take place, the amount of crime that would be committed against really good, normal, everyday people who are falsely accused or even somebody that made a little mistake. Right? I, I don't know. I, I don't think you should be committing crime against even bad guys. You let the justice system you know, take its place because it's still crime. You don't commit crime by solving crime or solve crime by committing crime. But I can understand when a father or mother or somebody loses a child or there's allegations of pedophilia or the attacks on a, on a minor where the family will go after that guy. I completely understand that. Law enforcement's job is to protect the accused so that they can get a fair trial, go through the process, and be sentenced accordingly. It's not to protect you and I. The left want to continue to tell you, oh, it's the police, it's the police. The police are there to protect the bad guys. So you don't draw them out in the middle of the night, right? Hang them in the town square like they, they did in some of the olden days. So you as a citizen have a right to protect yourself because law enforcement's job is not to do that. Otherwise, there would be one on every corner. Otherwise, you'd have the same level of security as Jeff Bezos. You'd have the same level of security at ABC News, CBS, NBC, CNN headquarters. My gosh. You know who, who the, the top level of law enforcement and retired law enforcement and off-duty guys that work at CNN? They're, they're incredible. Great men and women trained. People that would never protect you. Because they're bad? Of course not. It's because they're not going to be there. It's a six-minute ETA or four-minute ETA. So I want you to, as you go through this retirement process, where you're going to live, whatever city or state that's going to be, you have to take into account your own personal security. You have to. There just isn't going to be anybody else that will care for you. And I like reliable retirement income. Why? Because it pays for that. It pays for a security system at your home. It pays for you to be able to pick up and move to a safer city. It pays for you to be able to have the kind of peace of mind that your income is going to continue to grow. That when one of you passes away, we don't lose everything. Right? I mean, that's why we use life insurance. Listen, if you have a life insurance policy, send it to us. Give us a call. Bring it in. I'll take a look at it. There has been a huge reduction in costs lately. Over the last few years, you have seen life insurance policies for many, many, if not most people, reduce in cost. Big deal, guys. So you can save potentially a lot of money. And there are now hybrid life insurance policies. So that if we leave a loved one behind and they pass away, they're not broke. Right? You realize, let's say the husband passes first. Well, that's great. The last four years of his life had very intensive care. 
bringing somebody into the house and draining that pot dry because that's what happens. One of the spouses tends to get sick and it draws down the costs or the, the value of their investments, their retirement accounts, their savings. So a good hybrid life insurance policy, in other words, it has long-term care and life insurance, those exist now. Those are new, newer, relatively speaking, in the world of life insurance. And they're certainly available. Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. We might be able to save you. We can check it out over the phone too. You answer some questions. We'll see if we can figure it out. If we can come up with a plan, that would be wonderful. Sometimes that helps. But what are we protecting? What are we saving? Well, the wealth or the savings that are built up, it doesn't mean you know, you're, you're extremely wealthy. It doesn't mean you have to be in the top whatever percent. This is still your life savings. It's still your money that you have to save and protect. And it's what you can't afford to lose because that's what happens when one of us gets sick. We drain the accounts, drain the accounts. Medicare does not cover it when you get older and when you get sick. It just doesn't. Medicare does not close, uh, sorry, does not uh, cover the in-home care, 24-7 in-home care. It just doesn't. You can't afford to be broke. So I want you to be thinking in advance. We can use life insurance policies. Sometimes we can use your retirement accounts. A lot of you have looked at your retirement accounts lately. You're scared. I don't blame you. When Biden keeps talking about equity and MAGA this and you know, the domestic terrorism, you realize they're making this up. It's the exact same thing that Hitler did with the Jewish community. They're just going about their business and suddenly they were made to be this huge villain and everybody's looking around, where are they? And they create a scenario where brainwashed liberals, progressives, start taking uh, things into their own hand. Because if you spent so much time demonizing conservatives and MAGA people and people that voted for Trump, if you spent so much time demonizing them and and you call them all sorts of names, wasn't it a, was it a Senator just recently who said you have to kill, kill them? You have to kill conservatives. That's incredible. Instead of the president coming out and softening rhetoric, he spent the last two years making it so that if you believe something other than him, Now, you know the job is very simple. It's distraction. He is beyond corrupt. We know that. With Ashley Biden's diary, we know in her own words that she showered, this is disgusting, that she showered at an inappropriate age with her father. And she says this in her own words, that she is sure that today it affects her. And it affects her addiction issues and her sexuality. That's in her words, not mine. Look it up. See if Google has already suppressed it. uh, Hunter Biden's laptop or laptops. Right? You realize that that guy, uh, he's a hardcore addict. Do you really think he stopped? Or is it just under control? Do you really think he, he has stopped and have become a bit more, oh, I don't know, measured as a person? Or is he still messed up? You, you got to ask yourself. Because I don't think what people realize 
is that the more they can distract you and create a bigger enemy, right? The enemy has to be bigger than them. It can't be the same size or smaller. That's why they have to make it so over the top, so dramatic that MAGA is everywhere and domestic terrorism and white people everywhere. That, it, that they make it okay at the end of the story to be somebody who picks on, beats up, whatever it might be, quote, white people. Listen, I don't, I don't doubt that if you're a black American or an American of, of African descent, as, right, as Ronald Reagan would say it, Right. If you don't understand that the process of going through and being an American has discrimination as part of it in the uh, black community, well, then you're not paying attention. Oh, but by the way, it also happened to me when I was when I was uh, going for a promotion. They said, Eric, you finished number one on the list. Number one. Oh, but by the way, we had to give it to a female black and I asked the head detective, and he said, Arif, uh, it's what the captain wanted. I said, oh, okay, but but did, can I do something better for next time? Right, I'm still kind of innocent. I'm probably 24 years old, 26, uh, five, 27 years old. I had five years on the job, a little more than five. So 26, 27 years old. I said, is there anything I can do? He said, well, Arif, frankly, come on this way. Took me outside. We went like around, the, and he said... Do you realize Arif is a female black? We get to count her twice. One for the female category and one for the black category. I said, but I finished first on the list. You know, I'm, they said, sorry. I think that was the moment that I knew that my career in law enforcement was not going to be a lifelong one. I didn't know what, I didn't know how, I didn't know I was going to get in an accident and have a bunch of back surgeries. I didn't realize that, and knee surgeries, et cetera. But I just knew that my heart collapsed because no longer was it how good I was, how hard I prepared, what I did. It was now to right a wrong that my great-great-great-grandfathers may have never done and her great-great-great-grandparents may have never been impacted. But because of something we both can't control, which is the color of our skin. Listen, don't punish me for something I cannot control. Don't give me something for something I can't control. Right? I can't control I'm a male. I can't control I'm half Lebanese and half a Michigan mom farm girl <laughs> son, right? I can't control those things. But why don't you reward or punish me for the decisions I make, for the choices I make? Right? I, I mean, do you understand that the process of creating a better America is different today than it was before. It used to be, oh, you're escaping, uh, you know, you're Russia, you're, you're a Polish, a Czechoslovakian, you're escaping communism and you're a scientist or a professor. You're, you're an engineer or math, mathematician. Okay, yes, we'll accept you because you wanted to bring those skills to the United States. The problem is today, and there are so many ignorant people on the left, it's ridiculous, and they're purposely ignorant. Today, it's very simple. Here's the process. Ready? You're on the lower income tier of Venezuela, Ecuador, Nicaragua. The lower income. You're the poorest of the poor. You're the Indians, right? The Mayan Indians in many cases. You've heard me say, I was I was down in Guatemala. We were on a missions trip doing a dental missions thing down there. And 
we go down and uh, I sit on the board. So I'm, I'm kind of overseeing things, making sure that we do it the right way. And here are these people coming in and I, I'm like, why are these little kids translating? And what language is that? Because I speak a little bit of Spanish. What, what am I missing? They said, oh, well, here's how it goes. You see, the little kids know Mayan and Spanish and English in many cases. So when you speak to them in English, they have to speak to their grandparents in Mayan. Is that wild? We were six hours north of Guatemala in the middle of the jungle. Is that not incredible that today those are the people that the Guatemalans are sending to the north? Is that not a colonialistic, racist, I, I, I don't know, pick the most evil words you can think of. Is that not more, the most ridiculous of all? That they are sending to the north the weakest and the ones that they should be caring for as a society so that they purge their society of the lower income, quote, the ones that require more assistance. And in the world of seeking asylum, do you understand how it works? You go to the closest adjacent country. So if you're in Venezuela, you seek asylum where? Maybe in Colombia. Maybe in Brazil. Right? You don't seek asylum seven or eight countries north. It's not how it works. International asylum laws, you go to the country next to you. And you have to be you have to be an oppressed minority, a religious minority, a ethnic minority, right? Uh, like with Bill Clinton, how he let the Rwandans, millions of them killed, right? He could have set up safe havens in, in uh, countries next door. He didn't. He let them die. He says to this day, it's his greatest regret. Well, yeah, of course, you can go backwards, check a box, feel sad, have a tear and move on. But you didn't do anything when you had a chance. And so, so we get people from El Salvador. Oh, I want to seek asylum. Well, where do you go from El Salvador? You go to Mexico. Mexico is a thriving economy. Not perfect. <clears throat> not even like the United States. I get it. It's not even close to the United States. But it is definitely not in full-on civil war like you might find something, you know, in, in uh, certain African countries now. Right, Sudan, South Sudan, Yemen. So we are not supposed to take them in with asylum. That's a lie. International law is very clear. You go to the closest country. Now, if you're persecuted in the next country, well, then you go one country above. That's why the remain in Mexico policy was so powerful by President Trump. It was because he set up safe havens inside Mexico and you apply for political asylum. You say, why Mexico can't take you? Why you might have problems there? Okay. You're not supposed to, otherwise, if it's, oh, listen, somebody was saying this is incredible. It is because of the economy, the economics, the poverty. These poverty people, they just want a chance. They just want a chance. Okay, let's give them a chance. The chance to what? To work as maids in Martha's Vineyard or free constru uh, construction workers in Vegas, right? For 50 bucks a day. What, what is the chance you want to give them? Right, because they're going to replace the minorities that are already here that are working in the lower scale. The white people, right? If you want to make it about race, it's the lower income that these people will work for less money because they don't mind living six to a home, right? Where Americans or white, Amer oh, three people, two people. So what you're doing is you're creating this servant class 
purely by the Democrats because that's the only skill these folks have. It's a pure Democratic play to keep their workers in place. It is. I mean, prove me otherwise. I don't know. And listen, big business too, by the way. Big business is not a Republican or conservative movement, right? The big business push has all been on the left because they want lower wages. They want to not have to pay benefits. They want to have workers that'll work for very low wages. It's just part of it. The union should be upset about this. All right, stay with me. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Stay with me. We'll come right back. Grab your pen and paper because we have your emails next. On the Total Financial Hour, I'm Eric Hallaby. 888-99-RETIRE. We'll be right back. Now Arif has a plan for me, higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably, thanks to Arif Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being with me. I'm Arif Halaby. The total financial hour, talking about your family's finances. It's our second hour. Your place for emails. I want to thank you for sending them in. Let me give you the email address. It's Arif, A-R-I-F, that's Arif, at tfswealth.com. Stands for Total Financial Solutions. So Arif at TFS, as in Sam, or as in solutions. So tfswealth.com. Okay, listen, I'm talking about uh, some interesting things today on the emails. Uh, I'll get to that in a second, but I want you to realize a big part of the show are your, is your emails and your responses coming into the office, phone calls, those kinds of things. So I appreciate that. You've really made a difference in the amount of folks that we can help. Uh, it's been hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars we've been able to keep safe, out of market risk. I know a lot of you are concerned the way the market, especially this last week, has really taken a dive and it's hurt your retirement accounts. I want you to know it's mathematically impossible to lose 50% of your money until you have lost 10. That means before you lose half of it, you can still make a decision. And we have accounts that can give you bonuses and, and uh, money that can be added back into your retirement account. In other words, we can make up some of those losses potentially. There's a way that we can do that, but you have to reach out to 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. We've done it for Dennis. We've done it for Larry. Uh, maybe it's just a second opinion you want. Maybe we can help you with that. That's what we do. Okay, I want to give you also another update here on September 24th. So there is a movie event. It's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. And it is uh, September 24th in Newhall at the Lemley Theater. So Lemley Theater, it's, uh, there's a few of them. One of them in Glendale we use. Uh, we like the one also in Newhall down the street from our Santa Clarita office. It's an amazing time. It's Saturday morning. I know it's not easy for some of uh, our observant Jewish friends. We're working on a Sunday date for you guys as well. Uh, but it's Saturday morning, September 24th. It's a free movie. It's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. I think it's going to change your outlook. We have Wharton School of Business. 
professors, we have Nobel Prize economists, uh, we have uh, people, whistleblowers from the inside of uh, your probably one of your brokerage accounts, uh, Wall Street insiders that talk about some of the, the shenanigans that are going on inside of there. I think you're going to be shocked. I think you're going to be surprised. And when you see that show, it will, uh, I think, change your outlook. All right, I want to touch on this email that I, I received. And thank you for doing that. It's 888-99-RETIRE. That's our phone number. Okay, here's the email. It says, my husband and I are both retired. Let me move it here so I can read it carefully. Here we go. My husband and I are both retired. I retired in 2020 and he retired in January of this year. I'm 65 and he is 67. We both started our social security uh, income this year and it totals about 5,200 a month. I have a pension that's 1,100 a month. Okay, so I'm gonna recap. They both are retired. He just retired this year. There's a reason that that's a good thing. $5,200 a month is their, both of their social securities and his is $1,100. Uh, sorry, his pension is $1,100. Okay, that's a total of $6,300 per month. That's a pretty nice chunk of retirement money. Not bad. You can live pretty comfortably. Uh, the $6,300 per month is more than enough each month for us to live on. Now we want to sell our house and downsize so we can be closer to our kids. Mostly our grandkids, she says. <laughs> I like that. We're not able to save very much in retirement accounts, uh, but we did ama uh, man manage to amass about $325,000. Because our home equity is about $1.3 after fees and sales costs, is it possible to use some of that money to assist with our future retirement income needs? We'll be spending about $500,000 all-in in our new home, and we have about 180,000 in savings and checking, and we think that's more than enough to make us comfortable for emergencies. Can you give us ways to improve our retirement income using that money? Okay, so this is Lori and Dave. Lori, I wanna give you a couple of things here. Number one, you have to do a couple of things with your retirement account. One of those is we have to get it out of the market. And the reason we have to is because we don't have a lot of options and we can't really take a chance that someday you're going to need it and it's not going to be there. I, I just don't like the market for retirement money. There just isn't any benefit. Here's what I mean by that. If your retirement account is in the market and you have losses, can you deduct that on your taxes? No. But if your non-retirement account is in the market, can you deduct the losses on your taxes? Yes. If your retirement account is in the market and you pay fees, which almost everybody does, if you're in the market, you're going to pay fees. Can you reduce, can you uh, deduct those on your income taxes? For most people, the answer is no, unless you're writing a check each quarter and most people don't, they just pull it directly from your account. So your retirement account goes down according to whatever fees hidden and otherwise, but you don't get to write them off on your taxes. But now when you pay fees, with your non-retirement account that's in the market, can you deduct that on your taxes? Well, the answer is yes. When you have money you've been saving for decades in the market and it's underneath a retirement account, when you pull the money out, what is the tax bracket you're in? What, what, what tax strategy, if you will, it's called ordinary income tax, the highest tax bracket, ordinary income tax. All of your retirement accounts, regardless of how long you've held them, 
Now, if you held those exact same stock bond mutual funds, but outside of your retirement accounts, now what is it called? Capital gains. And if you've held them for more than a year, it's called long-term capital gains, which most of you have held retirement accounts for more than a year. So you get very favorable tax treatments when you pull it out, only if it's not in a retirement account, IRA, 401k. So Lori and Dave, here's what I want you to do. First of all, we want to take all of that retirement account and get it out of the market. I like that idea with some bonuses and some possible growth. We should be right around $1,500 a month in income at age 72. That's your required minimum distribution. So at $1,500 a month, why is that an important number? Because when one of you passes away, we're going to lose the lower of the two social security checks. Now, God willing, that's not for 20 or 30 years. So maybe we don't even need this money for a long time. But no matter what, at age 72, you have to begin taking money out. That required minimum distribution. Unless Congress changes it, and then we're thinking they might. Any day now, I'm waiting for the Secure Plus 2, the Secure Act, Secure Plus Act 2 to come out. I think they're going to do it just before the election as a look at what we're doing, look at how smart we are, see what we did for you, the common person. Right? It's called a distraction technique. It's very political in mind. So let's wait to see. Maybe they'll change it. But in any case, worst case scenario, we know what we know. About 1500 a month. That's a nice replacement for one of your social security checks. Now, maybe we start taking income sooner than that because there, there is going to be a change in the tax structure. I want you to meet with your CPA, your tax advisor, your tax preparer. We are willing to meet with them as well. I do it on the phone. We've done it in person. We've done it over Zoom calls. Whatever it takes, if you want us involved, we're with you. We do that for our clients pretty regularly. We want the tax expert to be the tax expert. We'll be the income specialist on our side. That's kind of where we focus. So in each case, we each have something that we do and we specialize in it and we kind of work together for you. But we do that at no cost for our clients. All right. I like the idea with that equity in the house, we're going to expect about 800000 But ready? Ready, Lori? This is called wisdom. <laughs> wisdom on my side. You're going to sell the house for about one3 after fees and sales costs and all of that. Great. You think you're going to spend 500000 all in on your new home? Love it. Here's the wisdom and my experience of 27 years. Ready? People always find more money needs when they buy a new house. Whether it's a newly built home, you didn't indicate whether it is or not, and there's a backyard that has to be put in or new furniture, our furniture doesn't fit, we didn't want to move it across the country, whatever the case is. But if you're going to be buying a house for 500000 most likely it's not in California. Most likely you're going to be in another state, wherever your grandchildren are, it sounds like. So here's what I find. Ready for this? Here's what I find. The reality is you're probably going to take another hundred or 200000 between the furniture, a pool, a, a new patio cover, and on and on, right? So I expect there to be, let's call it 700000 And if I'm wrong, great, we can always add to it. Let's say there's $700,000 left. Okay, what I would use is about four hundred of that. That I would send it to later, income for the future, six, ten years from now. I could use that to supplement travel, medical expenses. Maybe you want to begin a gifting program 
as the kids are getting established, you could gift money to them, provided they're hard workers and they're already productive people. What I don't want you to do is to gift money to lazy son of a guns, right? Your daughter that's in the basement who's trying to find a job and you look and she has $40 or 50 or $80 worth of nails, $200 worth of hair dye. And you go, okay, so let me guess you're trying to find a job. So where are you spending all your money? And, and, and why is it not important for you to pay me rent? Or why is it not important for you to go find a house or an apartment to rent? I don't want you giving that person money when you retire or when you pass away. Give them a chance to get settled. Let them prove that they're worthy. Let them be work, uh, have work ethic. Okay, very important. Because a lot of times people want to give money to their kids or grandkids just because they exist, because they won the sperm lottery and they, they grew up in my family. Wonderful. Have you produced anything? Are you a consumer of stuff or are you making the world better? What are you doing? You're creating jobs. Are you creating happiness? Are you creating something in the world or are you just taking? So I would use about 400000 for you guys, your income, Plan B later on down the road. We'd set it aside, just let it grow, 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 grow. Probably double in the next 10 to 15 years, 12 to 15 years. It would double, maybe even double again before you pass away. Okay, that leaves us what? 300,000. And I would leave that 300,000. That is your emergencies, emergency money. That is the, we want to, Add a second story to the house. We want to travel to Europe. We want to spend a month on a cruise ship because I want you to live the way you want to live. You see, this is what you guys do, right? You might've heard me say this. You save money so that you can, and, and you delay. You delay taking a vacation, buying a boat, buying the vacation home. You delay all of that so that when you die, your kids could buy a boat, buy a vacation home and take a trip. And so in your case, I don't want you to go, well, who needs a new car? Ready? Needs a new car. What does that mean, need? What, what, what do we track? Needs? Food, shelter, clothing, and a loincloth. I think that's about it. If you're talking about needs, you guys have built it. You built your wealth. You got lucky by accident or on purpose and bought a house that has grown in value. So good for you. It's not always something people do deliberately. It just kind of happens. Well, I want you to take advantage of that and enjoy life. Okay, so here's what we're doing as a recap. We're going to take your retirement account. We can send it off to the side, get it out of the market risk because there's no benefit in being in the market when it comes to your tax strategies. Keep it out of the risk of the market. We can earn some income on it later on, maybe around 1500 or so a month, plus or minus, by the time you're 72 years old because we have to take money out. And are you ready for this? This is kind of fun. I'm going to give you, or at least give you permission to spend an extra $100,000 on the backyard, new furniture, new pool, whatever it is that people put in. And maybe, I guess today, maybe you need more than 100000 for a pool, depending on where you're going to be. But I certainly think that by using only another 400000 we can make everything work. So that gives you 100000 that I've given you for backup plan for the pool and furniture, et cetera. Another 300000 as a backup plan for living, traveling, excitement. But one of the top things that I need you to consider 
right? There's stories always about this. I need you to retire, uh, sorry, to establish before you retire a post-career, post-retirement identity that comes from purpose. Now you guys, because maybe your grandparents retired in their 60s and they went to a rocking chair and just waited to die, I get it. That's not your retirement, right? A lot of people feel suckered. They retired in their 60s or even late 60s for that matter. Uh, they didn't have a retirement plan and they sit around and they watch whatever shows are on TV, video games or, or phone things. They eat snacks. They, they get heavy. They isolate because now they don't like themselves. They don't feel comfortable. So they don't go with family or friends. There's always an excuse or a reason. And they go, wait a second. Uh, it's like, you know, ending the movie early. And you're still sitting around going, well, isn't there, is there more to it? I guess I'm just waiting. Shouldn't I get struck by lightning? Why am I still alive? And I want you to avoid that, push through that. And the way you do is you find something else to do. Well, air of my knees, my back, my hips, I get it. Listen, what if you were going to be homeless? Well, then you would work with your knees, your back, your hip, right? So you don't have to work five days a week. You don't even have to work for the money. That's our job is to help you plan with the money side of things, but the purpose side of things, the identity where you're valuable to your peers, where they look at you and you have something interesting to talk about and it isn't the latest, greatest, whatever it is, soap opera. It has to do with international affairs or what's happening in your favorite hobby, your sports, right? You have to keep up. So when you go to lunch with your family or friends or you go to dinner, you have something interesting to talk about and not just the weather. Debates or conversations or insights or art, music, something you saw or read. Because the mind-numbingness that a lot of people engage when they retire is killing them slowly. You go from 100 miles an hour in your working days and you're done. I need a retirement post career identity, right? Figure out what your core values are. Reassess things. Hey, well, this used to matter to me. Let me check it out. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to get back involved with the church. I'm going to get back involved with my family or this hobby or this charity. There are a lot of things that you can get involved with. And and somebody like you guys, Lori and Dave, right? You did well. You You planned, you saved, you created Wealth by accident or on purpose, it came from the house. I get it. But ready for this? Your money problems are over. You're not going to have money problems ever again. You know, even barring some pretty big catastrophes, you're going to be okay. Right? We make sure your Medicare is paid up, your insurance, and on and on. So make sure all that's being done. You can afford the better health insurance. You don't have to buy the cheapy stuff. Right? You can afford the better ones higher quality, whatever it is, and you're done. But I don't want you to underestimate what you're going to need for healthcare because healthcare is a big part of it. So we can use some of your retirement money to buy what's called that hybrid life insurance plan. That's that one that I talked about earlier where it has a medical component to it, right? It has a medical component that puts money aside for you it's kind of nice. It's kind of comfortable. 
allows you to access funds when you need it for medical reasons, the big number, right? The big dollars. I like that. It's a good thing. But I don't want you to underestimate what you think you're going to need for retirement because here's what happens. In the retirement world, right? A lot of people forget that it isn't just, well, it isn't just healthcare, but it's the fun things, right? You wouldn't normally spend $15,000 on a a cruise around the world when you're working because one, you're working and you can't afford it uh, most likely, or or you certainly can't afford the time off or the, the two month cruise or whatever, but now you can. So in other words, the time that we spend, we go to work, we come home, we go to work, we come home. Yes, we spend money on on lunches and gas and car payments and wardrobe, dry cleaning. But when you're retired, those things don't exist. So you think that's it. I don't have expenses anymore. But you could end up, depending on the hobby you select, I'm going to scuba dive the Great Barrier Reef. Well, that's a cost you didn't have in retirement, right? That's a cost that didn't exist uh, before retirement, rather. So I want you to make sure that the number that you have set aside that you think you're going to need for retirement and Lori and David, again, you guys did it uh, by accident. You did it already. So I like that part of it. I just don't want you to be rich by accident, right? I have a book that I'm writing. It's called Accidentally Rich. And it talks about the idea of, of when people are accidentally rich, the decisions and the mistakes that they make. The reason that lotto winners file bankruptcy I've shared with you before, I have three lotto winners as clients. One of them came to me after their second bankruptcy. That means they made it, lost it. After, again, they won the lotto, had to file bankruptcy twice. And then they came to us and we were able to help them. You have to establish a budget and on and on. But the the process though, of just having a a, a chunk of money that comes to you isn't the reason to be rich, right? Right. Accidentally rich means you bought a house, you lived in it, surprise, one day you wake up, you have a million dollars equity. What did you do to deserve that? Did you build your economic education? No. Did you build your wealth by, by continuing to study the movement of dollars throughout the money supply? No. Well, the, the, the producer price index is something you're super comfortable. have no idea what you said, Arif. You just went to work paid your bills, went to work, paid your bills on time, honestly, hard work. But what happened when it came to the wealth? Not much, right? It just kind of happened. So that's the same thing people did with the market, right? The Wall Street world is very good about this. They told you just to go to work, put your money in these things called 401ks or 403bs, just put them in there. Go to work, send us the money every two weeks, and we'll take care of the rest. Well, if you pick the right places, you did well, surprise, you win. That's why that Baby Boomer movie is so important, because you'll get an idea of how things happened. September 24th in Newhall, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847, 888-99-RETIRE. Okay, I want you to do that. Here's why. Uh, it, the movie's free, by the way. We provide popcorn and, and little snacks, but it's kind of nice for you to sit there. And it's about an hour and a half long. You're done. So you can have a chance to shop around. The parking is free as well. It really gives you an opportunity to see what's happening in the retirement world. 
And in addition to all of that, you get to make a decision that's best for you and your family. Not anybody else, not my family, not your neighbor's family, not your kid's family, but yours. You see, when they say inflation is higher, and you might say, well, of course it is. I go to the store. The interest rates are going to be raised by 0.75 to 1%. I have told you for weeks, the housing market has to be, by the end of the year, about 8%. Interest rates to buy a house, 8%. They just have to be. That's it's a it's the rule of it's a natural rule of what's happening with the economy. Because there is no way in heck, no way, that the Biden administration and the team that they've assembled are going to stop inflation. Absolutely not. Everything he does is exactly the same thing. It produces inflation. A great example. He just approved leases to drill on public land. Are you ready for this? It's the lowest number since the nineteen forties. That means we will be drilling less oil since the 1940s. Remember when every family had one car? Yeah, one car. And now you have three or four in a family? Remember when everybody uh, you know, drove 10 minutes to work and now people are driving two hours? Yeah, remember that? When only a few things operated under oil or electricity and now everything does? He approved the lowest number of gas and uh, oil drilling leases since the 1940s. You have to realize he is purposely sabotaging the American economy. So they will not fix it. They cannot fix it. They do not want to fix it. So if you are planning on retiring, you have to take care of yourself. They are going to raise interest rates. They have to. And they have to slow down the economy. Inflation at the stores for you and I, the consumer price index, that's called the CPI. That's what you and I would spend. Well, the producer price index, that's what the manufacturers pay, PPI. What they are paying, what they pay to to get raw materials, what they pay wholesale, it's going up. So we have to plan and protect ourselves. When we come back, very interesting email. I think you're going to find this fascinating, and I have some clues Social Security and 401k. There's some takeaways there. And I think you're going to be surprised. It's for those of you in your 50s when we come back. The Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. Send me an email at arif at tfswealth.com. Arif at tfswealth.com. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, Arab has a plan for. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halaby. The total financial hour. Your place for news talk and information, AM870, the answer. Hey, I want to give you an idea of what, what products they use or, or how does this inflation thing work. And, and just so you know, it has changed a lot over the years and it keeps changing. 
In other words, the consumer price index is a calculation of goods and services. Now, it has changed a lot, and, and the politicians will say that it's changed because of the shifting of the economy, but they often remove things that hurt them and add things that help them. Here's what I mean. You would think, if you're talking about consumers, you would say, what is the price of one gallon of gas? What is the price of one loaf of bread? What is the price of a dozen of eggs, a bushel of wheat? Uh, you might say corn. You might add in... Uh, some other vegetables. Maybe you're going to add in what's the cost of a three-bedroom, two-bath house, uh, and on and on, right? Things that you and I can touch, feel, and understand. So they add up all that together. What's the price of that today? And they might take 10 places across the country and then average it out. And then they'll say a year from today, what is the same thing? What is the cost of, of a dozen of eggs, a gallon of milk, and on and on? Add it all together in those same 10 cities, because you have to keep the denominator the same, right? Add it up and say, oh, is it higher than last year or lower than last year? Now, if you're not buying eggs and it goes down in price, well, then the down doesn't help you or the or you buy milk, but it's gone up in price. You're like, oh, I don't feel it. I'm good because I don't buy milk, right? So there's it's called a basket of goods and services. So it used to be that. Well, they keep changing it over the years. A gallon of gas, now they move it to this and they move things around so that the basket of goods and services, instead of being the same since the 1950s, it's almost impossible to calculate today you know, the way it was before. So they try to use housing and clothing and transportation and education and recreation. They've added healthcare in there, groceries and on and on. So my my point to you is this. I need you to keep in mind that these numbers were today, okay, they came out this week. Inflation is 8.3%. That's that's huge, by the way. That means from September of last year to to now 8.3%. Now you understand there are policies that a president can do while he or she is still in office that will take weeks or months even to really fully impact itself. Well, when President Trump left office, he did exactly that. He put a lot of policies in place that still were kind of trickling through the pipeline. So that's why the first year of President Biden's office, inflation stayed relatively the same, very little increase. But you realize day one of President Biden getting into office and he starts shutting down leases, the exact same thing that President Obama did, by the way, as he started shutting down leases, that's why you had north, uh, northeastern Utah and southern Wyoming and northwestern Colorado. It's called the Uintah Basin. You had a massive amount of oil and gas there, enough to fuel the country for decades. And the Biden administration keeps shutting it down, and then Obama shut it down, and then they Bush opened it uh, uh a little bit, uh, Obama shut it down, Trump opened it, right? So you get this push and pull, and then they go, well, why aren't more people drilling? Well, because every couple of years, every four years, a new person comes in, and instead of saying the national security requires us to have a solid drilling structure, they use it as a political pawn. So back to your personal situation. If you lived in a place like the Uintah Basin, you would have strug uh, struggled. You would have had a problem 
financially because they would have shut down the entire industry. Right? If you were building pipelines, for example, when Trump was there, you would have had a great chance to live well and have a comfortable life. So inflation, you know, crazy. We don't care. Oh, wait. No, not anymore because Biden gets in and shuts down pipelines. So this process, if you will, of creating uh, uh, economic, trying to be clear on this, economic decisions that affect you and me at the... They're at such a high level that it takes a while to trickle down. Well, surprise, two years in, guess where we are? The impact of President Biden's policies have just begun to be felt. So here's why that's a problem. Because even if we win them, and we should, we better win the midterms, right? When that occurs and it's over, his baloney, his crud, his crap is still in the system, still coming down through the pipeline that for the next year or so, we're going to be feeling that impact. Now, this was interesting. When President Trump was elected, just like Biden put a halt on things, but it took a while to start feeling it. When President Trump was elected, he understood both ends of the pipeline because he's a businessman. So when he started making changes now from President Obama's craziness, we saw an impact a lot sooner than normal. In fact, all of us that are watchers of this stuff said, wait a second, why are we feeling this impact so quickly? What's happening? Well, President Trump understood how to impact the end of the pipeline and the middle, not just the beginning. And I think that's what scared the daylights out of the Washington elites, that they were going to see that the United States was requiring NATO members to start spending money, that uh, President Trump was shocked. Are you ready for this? I, I know somebody that was talking to President Trump, his congressman involved in the House Armed Services Committee, speaking to President Trump about one out of three planes when President Trump took office could not fly. One out of three. Can you imagine that? We're supposed to be the largest air force in the world. And do you think Russia and China didn't know that? Of course they do. They have spies everywhere. Diane Feinstein knew it, and she had a spy for 20 years from China in her office. She knew it, and she had a spy in her office. Well, you understand that Gavin Newsom is going to be our next senator. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. I, I looked at a crystal ball, went to one of those little uh, seances, right? Diane Feinstein, who can, who can barely tie her shoes, uh, not. She makes President Biden look like a Rhodes Scholar. Poor baby. She's, you know, you don't wish any human being to go through that mess, but she shouldn't still be in the Senate, but she is. Right. I think once she found out she had a spy that was that close to her from China, I think she just lost it. I don't know. So what did she do? Well, Gavin Newsom gets to appoint the next senator. Who do you think he's going to appoint? You know, it's going to be himself. And if it isn't, it's a deal for the next person to only run for the finished of the term so that he can run for that next term. So he can start getting some federal experience under his belt. He's the slimiest, most corrupt individual I have seen outside of President Biden and his family. The Biden crime family is very interesting, right? You have Biden's brother, you have Hunter Biden, you have Jill. This is serious, right? These are guys that, are, that have corrupted the FBI. 
Take a look at the amount of whistleblowers coming out of the FBI. Take a look at the amount of whistleblowers coming out of the CIA and the NSA. These are individuals who will tell you, listen, it's just not right anymore. I get it. We play a game. But we're supposed to be as uh, uncommitted to any political side and just to the truth. But we'll see. Biden has never used or a president has never used the FBI like this. Maybe a little bit when when the corruption under J. Edgar Hoover, you realize J. Edgar Hoover had a dossier on every single president under his term, top senators under his term, on the committees that would impact him and his funding. He had his men spying on internal U.S. senators and, and uh, congressmen and women, top business leaders in the country, from the Fords to the Rockefellers. He had dossiers on all of those people. You can read the, the biographies of J. Edgar Hoover. Why? I guess only anybody anybody can guess, but it's interesting. He didn't ever seem to be challenged until after he passed away, right? So there was a cleanup of the FBI after that. There was a huge internal cleanup. They had to go in. They had to make some changes. They had to clean up a lot of the J. Edgar Hoover leftovers and, and start over. Well, Robert Mueller, who was also a, an older man who was not in his right mind when he testified in the Senate after, the, after his January 6th investigation, meaning his underlings are the ones that ran that investigation. He was just the figurehead. But under his time under the FBI, under Comey's time under the uh, uh, FBI, and, and listen, Robert Ray, I don't know if he's any better. He should know better. Maybe the number two, three, four people, right? Because that's who really controls the, th the, the tone. The top person of any organization is the figurehead. It's the spokesperson. But it's the worker bees, three, four, five underneath that are civil servants. We don't go anywhere. You can't, say, you can't kick me out. I get my six weeks vacation. Right? They're not going anywhere. So maybe that's the, the, the people to watch out for. I don't know. All right. I want to give you my next email. This is pretty important, guys, because in this particular case, you have to realize that for a lot of Americans, this is you guys, because this is where bulk of the birth rates are, happen to be right now. Dear Arif, my wife and I are in our 50s, and I just changed job uh, jobs. I have an old retirement account for my previous employer. It is about $680,000. There was matching from my employer and an annual profit sharing plan contribution for most of the years that I worked there. I also combined my other retirement accounts into that one right around 10 years ago. Since my wife has stayed home or worked part-time most of our married life, I believe she's going to get half of my social security. Does that mean that mine is also cut in half? Also, I'm going to be maxing out my annual 401k contribution each year until I retire, which is about 12 years or so from now. I don't have, I don't want to have my old 401k at risk in the market anymore. Is that something you can help with? Do you think it is a good idea to have it safer? I know I might be getting a lower rate of return if I do this, but I just can't afford to have it down when I need it the most. I do not have any pensions, so this and Social Security is it for my future income. Okay, Dale, here's what I would do for you. I think a lot of people don't realize 
that their retirement accounts in the market, as I mentioned earlier, they're at risk and they shouldn't be. You don't need it to be. You can earn reasonable rates of return. You get all the benefits of retirement account, meaning deferred growth, deferred uh, income. When you're ready for it, you have to pay taxes on it. That doesn't change, but you don't have to pay those fees. That's important because hidden fees can eat up countless tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars that the broker or Wall Street, they're going to be very happy that you save for your retirement because your retirement is their living today. Your retirement account, I'll be clear on this, your retirement account allows Wall Street to live today. So we need to help this. I, I, listen, I'm okay if, if everybody's going to make an income on, on uh, a product or a service. That's how it works in America. What I don't want to happen, and this is important, is I don't want you to think that that is your only option, is to put your money at risk. So do I think it should be safer? Yes. Here's why. If you want to be in the market, then dollar cost averaging is the best way to do it. What that means is you're buying when it's low, you're buying when it's high, but you're always buying. So Dale, you have 12 years before you're going to need the money for retirement, when you're actually going to retire, okay? 12 years. That means you have 12 years of dollar cost averaging every two weeks from your paycheck and whenever they do the contributions uh, for any uh, profit sharing or matching. Matching means you put in money, your employer puts in money. Profit sharing means the company did well. So the owners get a profit, but so do you. So you might get an extra three, four, ten, twenty thousand, I don't know, added to your account. But it is systematic. It's always buying. Buying when it's low, buying when it's high. That's important. That's the part of it that makes all the difference. Okay, that's why it works. But your old retirement account sits there and it goes, we're rich, we're poor. We made it. We lost it. That means retirement is about timing, right? You have to get it just right. A lot of you are looking like deer in a headlights, right? A deer in a headlights is scared. They look at their account. Then they stopped opening their statement. Now they stop looking online. Well, you're going to have to break that because we can help. We can get back anywhere from five to 20, maybe even 30% just in a bonus. Depends on if it quali- if you qualify for that account, if it's right for you. I don't know. But you might be able to get some of that money. What's the job of the money? So Dale, if that 680000 if the job of that money, as you stated, is to be part of your income, because you only have Social Security in this account, for you and your wife, here's what matters. First, I want you to continue to contribute to the new 401k plan. Okay, that's important. Employees can contribute up to 20500 in their 401k. That's for 2022. Okay? Now, if you're older than age 50, which you guys are, you get an additional 6500 So that's now 27000 Dale, that you can put. Now, for those of you that are in your 40s, 49 or younger, you're stuck at the 20500 number. As quickly as possible, if you are working, you need to get that money in there. Oh, I know, Arif, but I have student loan debt. It doesn't matter. Save. I'm not the Dave Ramsey that says pay off that, and then one day when you wake up, you'll be able to start saving when you're 52. Forget it. You start saving now. We will get your student loan paid off. You're going to do debt stacking. We'll get it paid off. But I need you to save in your retirement accounts. You only get one shot at this. 
right? You're only going to be your age once and we lose that age forever and that ability to put money into retirement. So I don't want you to make that mistake. Okay, that's important. The general limit on the total employer and employee contributions for 2021, it's $58,000. For 2022, they rose it up a little bit. It's 61000 So if you're in your 40s, the most that can be put in this year is $61,000. That's your money, profit sharing, employer matching. If you are age 50 or older, it is now 67,500. That's what it is for this year. 67,500. Okay, that's important, guys. Because even though the most you can put in is the 27,000, there might be some room for profit sharing. Maybe that's where you negotiate. Right? Employers need you. So you say, "Listen, I'm putting in 27,000 in my 401k." Uh you know, my wife is a stay-at-home mom. We don't have a lot of debt, but I do want to make sure, no matter what, that I get a profit-sharing match. So as much as you can defer into that, I will be willing to give up some income today so that you can divert it into that account and get as close to that 67500 as possible. Because the dollar cost averaging, that every two weeks, that monthly contribution, buy low, buy high, buy low, buy high, you're always buying. The reason we take out the 680 is simple because it just goes, we're rich, we're poor, we made it, we lost it. It went up, it went down. Meanwhile, Wall Street's going cha-ching. Because in order for Wall Street, your broker, your financial advisor to make a living, to pay their electric bill off of your account is your money has to be at risk. Now, maybe there are brokers that do it differently. I just haven't met them. All of the ones that I've seen is this. Your money has to be at risk of loss. Now look, they're going to make ten, twelve thousand a year, maybe more. A thousand dollars a month just to have your money in the market. Not making money in the market. Every thousand dollars a month, thousand dollars a month, that's a great car, by the way. It's a nice car payment that you pay for, oh, but you don't get to drive. Why do you think they never say sell? Wall Street is now, they didn't say, you know, buy low, sell high, right? When did they say sell? Anytime last year, this year? Did, did, did they ever say sell? If they say sell, that means the money is gone from their pocketbook, right? It's gone from the market. It's gone from risk for you, but also gone from their paycheck. So what do I think is going to happen? 12 years, if we take that, I would roll the 401k. It's called a transfer. Right? It's a rollover or direct transfer in this case. The rollover, the 401k, we can roll it over with no fee, no cost, no taxes. It's about 680000 It should be right about, ready for this, uh, by the time 12 years come, I would expect somewhere between $1.3 and $1.6 It's a guess, pretty educated guess, with a low expectation of rate of return, but it's possible. Between $1.3 and $1.6 Here's the benefit though. Ready for this? I like this. Uh, you actually can have right around $75,000 a year in income. In other words, you have now created your own mini pension. This should provide between seventy-five dollars and $85,000 a year in income 
for the rest of your life and maybe even the rest of your wife's life as well. I like that. I like that ability to have a comfort and peace of mind. What would your social security check be right about that time in 12 years from now? Probably right in the neighborhood between the two of you, right another 5,000 a month, maybe something like that. So let's say we have 5,000 a month in social security. That's 60. We have, we're on the low side. That's 75,000 a year, right? 60,000 a year, 75,000 a year in your own mini pension through, through your retirement accounts, through the fixed indexed annuities, right? Without risk, without any fees or costs, 75,000 a year plus 60. Can we do the math together? That's 135,000 a year, guys. I like that. Forever? Pretty good number. Right now, if one of you passes away, we're going to lose the lower of the two social security checks, which it sounds like would be your wife's. But by then, you have your home that hopefully you've paid off, right? We don't we don't have all the details, but I would look to see that you're saving money in other places. Make sure you have emergency dollars set aside. And you've done well, Dale. You've done well. I just want you to continue to save because altogether you should be able to get between 1.3 and 1.6 million between these accounts. I love it. That's a big number, guys. And your employer doesn't have to give you a, a pension in order for you to live a comfortable life. We can do it all the way we want to do it. Now, let's think about this for a second. How are these fixed index annuities working? Well, it's very simple. Safety, protecting principal, and the market declines. We never go backwards. Number two, they're simple, easy to use. They're not complicated, so I don't have to worry about that. And number three, we want to get a reasonable rate of return. Now, that's somewhere between zero and as high as maybe 15%, right? Realistically, you're going to average between three and eight. If you pick any 10-year period of time, you're going to average between three and eight, Okay. Now, some years zero, some four, some six, some one. Add it up together, divide by the, the amount of years. All right, you're going to come up with. So it just depends on the year. All right, that impo that's important. Because along that journey, the goal for you is to protect and never go backwards. So that when we have a really crummy year like now, right, when we have a loss, you're not going to get any zeros, uh, any, any losses. In other words, it's not going to be minus. You'll have the same amount as you started with last year. Okay. But here's the trade-off. Oh, air, if the market is up 26%, how much did I do? Yeah. Eight, nine, 10, 12, six. Right. But air, why don't I get 27%? You're not going to, that's the trade-off. Okay, so listen, none of you ever sold anyway. I mean, you realize that, right? Your broker never said, oh, you got 26%, let's sell. People don't do that. So you have 26% now and then you lost up and then you lost and then you want to just look at the good times. You don't talk about the bad times. In our world, we want to be easy to understand. We understand there's some issues. I get it. We're not going to make all the home and liquidity. We have protected your income. You'll have access to 10% a year without any fees. I like that. Protected, reasonable rates of return, reliable income. That's Total Financial Solutions. TFS, Financial Insurance Services, that's us. 
I'm here for you. Arif Hallaby on AM870, The Answer. 888-99-RETIRE. Thanks for being part of the show. Have a great day. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The total financial power. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.